Welcome to Conference Coverage, presented by ReachMD on XM Radio and powered by Health Day, featuring the latest advances in the prevention, detection, and treatment of illnesses in adults, presented at the American College of Physicians Internal Medicine 2011, held from April 7th through the 9th in San Diego. Alzheimer's research, new oral drugs for MS, and non-motor symptoms hinting at Parkinson's years before onset of disease. These were among the neurology updates delivered by neurologist Dr. Martin A. Samuels of Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. In Alzheimer's research, one current question is whether amyloid is really the cause of Alzheimer's disease or is more related to the sum of various loss-of-function alterations characteristic of natural aging. However, there have been disappointing results in several studies aimed at reducing amyloid in the brain. In multiple sclerosis, two new oral medications have been FDA-approved for treatment. Until now, MS patients have had to rely on injectable drugs. The first drug, fingolimod, works by incarcerating lymphocytes in the lymph nodes. But it's been noted that prior drugs in the same category have been associated with serious side effects. The second new oral treatment is a chemotherapy drug, cladribine, which has shown effectiveness in multiple sclerosis but might carry a risk of reactivating viruses or other infections. And, finally, new evidence for early diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Some non-motor symptoms, including constipation, seborrhea, dizziness on standing, and REM sleep behavior disorder, have been shown to occur in patients who later develop Parkinson's disease, many years or even decades before the onset of Parkinson's. If these symptoms are suspected early, Dr. Samuels said physicians may be able to initiate treatment and help individuals sooner. This year's meeting attracted more than 7,000 participants from around the world, including internists, adult medicine specialists, subspecialists, medical students, and allied health professionals. The conference highlighted recent advances in the prevention, detection, and treatment of illnesses in adults. Over 250 scientific sessions covered a variety of topics, including updates in neurology, oncology, infectious diseases, endocrinology, and cardiology. The internist's role in prostate cancer prevention, diagnosis, and management was the subject of a presentation by Dr. Mark B. Garnett of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and Harvard Medical School. Specifically, what is the role of prostate-specific antigen or PSA testing? And how should the internist counsel patients about prostate cancer, active surveillance, and the long- and short-term complications of prostate cancer therapy? Dr. Garnick's key points focused on the complexities tied to outcomes of PSA testing. Questions have arisen in recent years as to who should get tested and whether patients who are diagnosed with prostate cancer should or should not undergo treatment. In his presentation at the conference, Dr. Garnick said that PSA testing requires a conscious discussion between patients and physicians. He stressed that it is essential this informed conversation takes place as the discussion on PSA testing should be shared between patient and physician. The benefits and risks of statins and stents were the subjects of Dr. Rita F. Redberg of the University of California in San Francisco's Cardiology Update. Dr. Redberg reported on a recent meta-analysis of statin therapy that showed no benefit for primary prevention of mortality. Based on these results, Dr. Redberg said the scientific evidence is lacking in support of the current practice of statins for primary prevention and physicians would do well to focus on lifestyle measures, such as healthy diet, regular physical activity, and smoking cessation. 
Dr. Redberg also discussed another topic in cardiology being investigated currently, treatment of coronary artery disease using stents as compared to medical therapy. Medical therapy and stents have been shown to have equivalent benefit on myocardial infarction and mortality. But Dr. Redberg said that patients continue to believe that stents will prevent heart attacks and help them to live longer. For this reason, she said physicians need to be sure that patients understand the risks and benefits of stents prior to the procedure, and physicians need to be sure their patients are getting the right information. Dr. Redberg said it is important that patients and physicians discuss the risks and benefits of these medical treatments and procedures when appropriate to ensure the benefits for patients outweigh the potential risks. The FDA has approved a new use for an old treatment, Botox for migraine headaches. According to Dr. Elizabeth Loder of Brigham and Women's Hospital, migraine is surprisingly common. It is the most frequent headache disorder encountered in medical settings. Chronic headache patients experience headache 15 days a month or more. Patients with frequent headache may benefit from preventive treatment to decrease frequency. Current U.S. Food and Drug Administration-approved migraine preventive medications include topiramate, divalproex, and propranolol. Added to this is the recently FDA-approved onobotulinum toxin type A, or Botox injections, into the head and neck region as a preventive treatment for these patients. Also, presentations on the diagnosis and treatment of psychological conditions in the primary care setting included a presentation by Dr. Sidney Zisuk of the University of California, San Diego, who stressed the importance of helping patients get through their depression. He said practicing clinicians could optimize dose and duration of initial treatment, consider switching antidepressants if optimal dose and duration do not improve symptoms or side effects are difficult to tolerate, and augmenting another agent if necessary. Additionally, he recommended use of case managers, psychotherapists, and psychiatric consultation, as well as agents of well-being like bright light, exercise, support, and adequate sleep. Finally, Dr. Zisuk said primary care clinicians should monitor for response, side effects, adherence, and suicide risk. And most importantly, never give up on these patients. The American College of Physicians issued its recommendation for a national immigration policy in an effort to address concerns regarding the large number of immigrants who do not have access to health insurance coverage or face other barriers to obtaining health care. Dr. J. Fred Ralston, Jr., president of the American College of Physicians, said the issue of immigration policy and its impact on health care is a problem that comes up regularly in the country's health care system. The college believes that immigrants who are able to pay for their own health insurance through exchanges should be allowed to do so. The organization is not, however, suggesting that taxpayers be responsible for paying for undocumented immigrants' health insurance. Making sure that immigrants are insured could benefit both documented and undocumented individuals by broadening the base and lowering the cost of insurance for others in purchasing. This, in turn, would make it easier to prevent serious medical conditions, since individuals with health insurance are more likely to get early care, and taxpayers would be protected from having to pay for expensive emergency room treatments. The American College of Physicians also recommended that undocumented immigrants should have access to basic medical services in order to prevent transmission of communicable diseases. The organization suggested that legislators not legally require physicians to turn undocumented patients over to authorities, as this slows down the giving of care and puts the health of all individuals at risk. 
Dr. Ralston concluded that the American College of Physicians believes this policy would advance care and positively impact everyone in the United States, regardless of their immigration status. This conference coverage from the American College of Physicians Internal Medicine 2011 has been a presentation of ReachMD on XM Satellite Radio and by live stream at ReachMD.com and powered by Health Day.